Good morning, all, and welcome to this morning's encounter with the Lord. This is Russell, your host. How are we all this morning? Good morning, Russell. Good morning, everyone. Great, Russell. How are you? I'm good, thanks. I praise my God for that. Thank you, praise Jesus. God. Praise God. And we say good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, for a new day. We thank you that we are alive, and we thank you that we are here with you. We wouldn't want to be anywhere else, Lord. Thank you for calling us by name to be in your presence and to be filled by you again. So that when we come in faith and are filled by your presence, are filled with your word, Lord, are filled with your direction and are filled with your love, your nature, then we take on your image. That gives us the strength to go through all the challenges of our day, but also to be the person that Jesus demonstrated us to be like him, to understand more of what it means to be made in his own image and likeness. And that same peace and joy that you pour into our hearts, Lord, we want to pour, we want to share with all those that are part of this prayer meeting, this praying family, those that are beneficiaries of any prayer request made on this group, and those that have no one to pray for them, we share it with all those that do not know you and all those that do not want to know you. We ask that their hearts be quickened that their eyes be open to see the truth and that truth sets them free. As we make our prayer this morning, Father, we call on your name, the name of our maker, our creator, the great I am, the God of Jacob who has loved us with an everlasting love, the God of Abraham who, say, who honors faith and who blessed the generations of all those that are not necessarily Jews by descent, but that come in faith and call on the name of the Lord. And we pray in the name of Jesus, your son, our rock, our refuge, the Lord of our redemption, on whom we built our faith and our church, the one who leads us in battle, the word himself, our spiritual manner given from heaven. And we pray in the name of his spirit, the spirit of light and life, the spirit of truth, the one who heals our backsliding, the one who quickens us, that we might be charged to hear from you in our spirit and receive your revelation, Lord, so that when we acknowledge you, you lead our path, you shine your light, Father. And it is that light that gives us direction. And as we make our prayer this morning, Lord, I cover and seal every word that we speak in the mighty name of Jesus. And also knowing and understanding that life and death are in the power of our tongue, Lord, we herald the power of our word when we quote your word from Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11. Which says, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish. So that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. And I say this for each of us here today. That it will not return to us empty, but will accomplish what we desire and achieve the purpose for which we send it in faith in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word. 
Well, as we get into today's reflection, it's sort of a continuation of yesterday's. Yesterday, we reflected on our relationship with God and how that should be a part of our true worship in spirit and truth. While we touched upon the first and the greatest commandment. Today, we reflect on our relationship with men, with other people. And we touch upon the second commandment here that Jesus gave us. Love your neighbor as yourself. <clears throat> he even taught us a parable to that end. The story of the good Samaritan in response to the question from the lawyer. Lord, who is my neighbor? This parable is seen in Luke 10 verses 30 to 37. Now I shall quickly read that and then we reflect on it. So Jesus answered him and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him. And he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence, or certain other versions say two denarii, and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest on spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three do you think was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he, that is the lawyer, said, he that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus to him, go and do thou likewise. Praise God. So here we see that the man went out from Jerusalem to Jericho. That's what verse 30 says. And if you recall the history of Jericho, we see that in the journey of the Israelites, just after they moved out of Egypt, crossed the Red Sea and journeyed towards the promised land. This was one of the hurdles that stood in their way. Jericho had a notorious history of being hostile or wicked territory. It was evil. And so had to be destroyed. So when we look at that, spiritually speaking, this is a man who went out of the Lord's city because it says he went out of Jerusalem, went out of the Lord's city or the Lord's kingdom into hostile or wicked territory and fell among thieves who beat him up, stole everything and left him half dead. Now here I'd like us to recall John 10.10, which says the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. When you reflect on this from a spiritual angle, this could be you or me who made the mistake of testing our morals and fell into bad company. 
moved out of the protection of the Lord into a position of vulnerability. Moved from Jerusalem to Jericho. Fell into bad company, a vice, prostitution, gambling, all sorts of wickedness. And the damage it can cause us or may have even caused us if we recall some of our own history there is serious enough to destroy our health, our relationships, our finances and even our reputation. Steal, kill and destroy. That's what the enemy seeks. He seeks to steal from people who are unaware of what their inheritance is. And these are the ones that often make the mistake of stepping out from that safety, from that protection of the hedge around them into uncharted, unknown territory. So they face damage, they face loss, and they face problems in our life. This is where the word becomes important. When we do not know what provisions are made for us, mistakes can be made. And this need not only be us. It could be someone close to us, a friend or perhaps a family member. Then the passage goes on to say, the priest and the Levite saw him lying by the road and walked on the other side. They probably didn't want to dirty their hands with blood as they had to serve in the temple. They would be defiled. They considered that duty more precious than this. So they wanted to stay away from trouble. How many times do we see someone in trouble and turn our face away the other side or give a cold shoulder? That's not my business, we say. Or I don't have time for this. I need to get to my destination. I need to get to my workplace. I need to go where I am going. I shall be late. And Jesus chose the priest and the Levite here to depict that these ought to be men following the law and maybe even teaching it. Well-meaning people. And yet not practicing what it says. And there may have also been a hint of self-righteousness there. People who are good generally but not interested to help. Have we behaved like this before? Am I like that priest or like that Levite? And me, I'll put up my hand first and say I have because I know I have done that in the past. Oh, forgive me, Lord. The Lord is teaching us something here today. He's opening our eyes. And then he used the Samaritan. Not a Jew, not one of the chosen race who is given the word who has the opportunity to receive that knowledge of what is written there. So not someone who was given the word and chose not to follow it. But he used the example of one who did not have the word of God and yet demonstrated the behavior that Jesus would love to see his chosen people take up. He would love to see you and me take up. Genuine love and concern for those in need. It says the Samaritan bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine. And when you speak of this spiritually, the man showed compassion on the one that was troubled by evil. He comforted him, ministered to him. When you read verse 34 again, it says he poured oil, that is the Holy Spirit, 
symbolically, and wine that is the blood of Jesus. He could have poured anything else. Why did Jesus use these words only? There is something deeper that he wants us to get into. It is not just that physical wound. He wants spiritual healing. And he wants us to play our part in that. And you know that when the Holy Spirit and the blood of Jesus come together, there is healing. The Samaritan supported the afflicted man and took care of him ministering to him and leading him to a place of rest, the inn. Now that could be, in our context, it could be a church or maybe even a prayer group where you bring them to an attachment that they are safe in, where the person is cared for till his healing is complete. And it says then, when he set out the next day, he promised to pay the innkeeper whatever extra cost the innkeeper would incur in looking after the injured person. Now this sounds like the nature of Jesus. Ever willing to pay the atonement for our sins, including the cost of restoration. If you look closely on your own life and you have been saved, you will see that he's even covered the cost of restoration. A person may be in financial trouble. And Jesus here not only saves him, but also makes a provision for paying the outstanding amounts as well so that that shame is lifted off and that injury can trouble him no more. He is brought out of the pit. He makes a provision. Just like the coin in the mouth of the fish in another instance, where they were asked to pay tax before they entered. He makes a provision for financial restoration as well. I hope you're getting this one. And then Jesus finally said, go and do likewise. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. It is not just who is my neighbor. When you look closely at verse 36, the question that he asked is, which of these three do you think was a neighbor unto the injured man that fell among the thieves? The question is not about like the lawyer asked, who is my neighbor, Lord? But the question is, can I be a good neighbor to them? Are you willing to pour oil and wine on their wounds, even if they are strangers? Or do we continue to be like the priest and the Levite? The question to ask yourself is, am I like the Samaritan who was a stranger to the injured man and yet offered to help and minister to him? Or am I like the friend in Luke 11 verse 7 who said, don't bother me, the door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. This is a reality check for each of us. Am I too callous to even bother to care? Or am I just lazy? Or am I going to be charged in the spirit with my eyes opened to see the truth and do what is right? 
That is a call each of us must make today. And it doesn't have to be only in big matters. Even in every small matter, more so with our families at home. Start there by being kind to them. By being patient and compassionate to others. When we look at the Gospels, we see that Jesus turned water into wine to spare the wedding family from embarrassment, even before his time. He fed the 5,000 men, women and children when they had no food. He healed all those that came to him. And he even gave his life, poured out his blood to the last drop for sins that he didn't commit. He endured it with love for the joy set before him. That joy was us. Now he wants us to be that good neighbor as he demonstrated. In closing, I'll read his words from Luke 10, verse 37, the last verse of this passage again. He said, go and do Likewise, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that when we reflect on this passage and our own personal life, our attitude towards others and how we maintain our relationship, do we only look at those that care about us or are we willing to go beyond? And when we reflect on this, it's not just the parable of the good Samaritan, it's the parable of the good Christian that Jesus is really teaching us. Help us look upon it closely, Lord, and as we reflect upon our lives, help us renew our mind to take on that nature of Jesus. To be that good Christian that he demonstrated to us. We ask for that edification in our spirit today, Lord. And as we pray for spiritual edification, we also pray for our physical and temporal needs, those of our families. We pray for all those that are battling sickness and disease, those that are hospitalized this day. We pray for every family that is battling separation and division of any kind. For all those that are yoked under any kind of stronghold, especially ignorance, poverty, Prayerlessness and busyness, Lord. We pray also for all those members of our family and friend circle that are not yet saved. We ask for a quickening in their spirit, Lord, that they might call on your name. For unless you quicken them, they cannot come to you. But when they come to you and call on your name, we know that they cannot end up in shame. That is not possible. We raise also our own personal needs at this altar today, Lord. Father, we thank you that you have heard us, that you always hear us. And when we release our prayer and our faith, that prayer of agreement that we make with each other and with the Holy Spirit who is here with us, praying with us, that prayer is an answered prayer. I encourage all those that can pray in tongues to unmute and join in. Those that are praying for the gift to release your tongue and your faith and ask the Holy Spirit to take over. Let us now make our prayer in the Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. 
Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Ambra 
In the mighty name of Jesus, release our faith and we say amen and amen, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. The words that were spoken to me this morning, I am your Lord. You are my sheep. Listen to my voice. The scripture I've been given is 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy and that temple you are. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We also have a scripture that is shared in the chat. This is from Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, quoted from the NIV that says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We have another scripture shared in the chat. This is from Romans 15 verse 13 that says, May the God of hope 
fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. If you have gained something out of this reflection today, please share that with others. That is bread broken to be shared, not to be consumed by us alone. Please also share Brother Savio's reflections that he posts on our Telegram group and on our Facebook page. You can share that with your friends and family on your social platforms so that at least one life can be transformed by hearing that message that they need to hear today. Also, a heads up about our Bible study session this Friday. This is a continuation of last week's topic, the Holy Spirit self-effacing servant consuming fire, the second part, where we will continue to learn that the Holy Spirit is a humble self-effacing servant and he does not attract attention to himself. And we will also learn that he is a consuming fire. We shall share this message on our Telegram group with links for people to join on Zoom and YouTube. Please share those with friends and family and invite them to join us on Friday. And let the mercy and the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ and his favor that comes out of his jealous love for us and overtakes us. Let that be multiplied in each of our lives this day so that as we are blessed, let us in turn go out and be a blessing to everyone around us in the name of Jesus and for his glory. Be blessed and have a wonderful day, everyone. Thank you, Russell. Thank you, Russell. God bless everyone. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Please be very good.